0: Welcome, everybody, to the Sales and Marketing Built Freedom podcast. I have my very special guest today, Lindsay Boggs. Lindsay is, well, let me welcome you first before I get into who you are and what you do. Lindsay, welcome. It's awesome having you on. Thanks for
1: having me, Ryan.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm excited because I got to know you through something by the time this is released. This is going to be hot. We got the Enterprise Sales Summit coming on, and I got to know Lindsay through that in terms of interviewing her and um, you know, she seemed like she had an awesome story. So I was really excited to bring her on the pod and have her share that story with you. So to give you a little background and I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give the short intro for you. Is that okay, Lindsay? And then you can go into like the origin story of Lindsay because I, I, there's some good stuff there. So I think um, Lindsay is a solution, a digital solutions manager and also an advisor for over 2000 sales reps for, in modern selling at Citrix. Did I, did I get the, the intro right? Did I crush it this time? You crushed it. I kind of sucked last time when I did the original. <laughs> intro. And Lindsay had to call me out. So, so Lindsay, um, beyond that, can you give a little more explanation just, just on your background and kind of how you got to where you're at now and, and bring everybody up to speed on, on what you're doing?
1: Yeah, so I majored in opera, and I'm not singing today. Sorry. Maybe one day. Um, but I decided that sales really was something I was interesting interested in. And I went to a dinner, and um, I met two women there that were in sales. And they really said, you know, I think you'd be great in sales. I didn't know what that meant, because I, d- I knew sales as a different stereotype. And so I finally was like, sure, I'll go, I'll go try to get this interview in sales. I got the interview and the rest is history and sales really kind of found me because I had planned on going to get my master's degree and my doctorate degree in music, but I fell in love instead and I got married. So my life was a little bit, um, my, my story was a little bit different, but I ended up going into sales. And what made me successful very early on was using LinkedIn to prospect. That was kind of the secret sauce back 10 years ago. So I was using LinkedIn to prospect and then I was writing articles that a lot of people were reading and then it kind of took off from there.
2: So, wow. 10 years ago on LinkedIn, were you like hanging out with Reed Hoffman (laughs) in in his garage when when you started prospecting? Because like, I'm trying to think that, I mean, that's a, yeah. I don't even remember if I was on LinkedIn 10 years ago. So you start. how did you find it then? How did that kind of happen?
1: Well, I joined in 2006 um, and then I decided to, you know, when I was getting my call list um, in Salesforce to call, I felt like it was really the the emails that I was being asked to send out to me felt very just not authentic. And Mm -hmm. I was thinking, you know, if I received this email, would I respond to that? And the answer to my question was no. So I said, well, why wouldn't I mention something that is personal to them? So let me look them up on LinkedIn real quick. I mean, that's just where my mind went. I can't explain like how it happened. It just, my mind kind of went, let's go look them up on LinkedIn. Then when I was prospecting, I remember specifically prospecting folks in Dallas and I had lived in Dallas for about five years. And so I had a big network in Dallas and I remember doing a call list and seeing these people that I was connected or had a mutual connection to that I was about to call. So I would throw in the mutual connection, you know, if I got their permission to and referred by has the highest subject line open opening ever. So I decided, you know, I'm going to start using LinkedIn and it kind of worked.
2: Wow. Yeah. That's uh it's interesting. So, so give us a little bit more about you. We're gonna, we want to go a little bit deeper on on Lindsay because I know you've done. And maybe this is, is this a bad day for this. You can. Wow, this is perfect. You could slap me and be like, Ryan, no, no, not, not today. <laughs> you know, sometimes I push the boundaries. It's my fault. Um, but any, anyways, um, I know that you know you kind of. Um, so you've done a lot. You were you were a TED speaker, TED Talk speaker, right? That was that was pretty cool. I would say. Shaq free throws with uh free throws or shots with Shaq on stage you know so she's got some uh, colorful stories so so talk to us a little bit about that and if you could and give people a little more flavor so I don't think you're uh, I don't think you're giving yourself
1: enough credit <laughs> well thank you I appreciate it it's been <clears throat> excuse me it's been an interesting ride I will say for sure um kind of the peak of everything was in 2015 when I wrote an article that went viral on how I was sending 10 emails on LinkedIn and getting six responses. So that's a pretty high response rate. And from those six, I was putting four into my pipeline. And so, you know, that article took off and then LinkedIn asked me to be a keynote speaker at their Sales Connect conference. And so that's when the Shack thing happened. And the Shack thing was a lot of fun, but I let the I let the energy from that kind of live on for a long time and I decided to start my own consulting business. So I did that for a bit, but then in 2016, um, my sister Melissa passed away unexpectedly. And so my life came to a screeching halt. And up until that point, I had been somebody that was really making sure everything looked great on the outside. So I would consider it kind of like fake book instead of Facebook where I posted all the wonderful things that were going on in my life when, in reality, some of the times I was alone. I was traveling alone, right? So I'm not with my family. I missed my daughter's dance recitals. I missed piano classes. I missed a lot of things with my kids. And it was really, really eye opening when my sister passed away um, that I turned to work right away because I didn't know how to cope. Um, I had never lost anybody before. So I'd say, there was a lot of learning and kind of refining myself, reshaping my priorities in 2017, 2018, I started posting again, but I really took a break from about 2017 to 2018, half the year or so. And then 2019 was a really great year. Um, I joined Citrix in 2018 and then things got a lot better for me. My work-life balance was a lot better. Um, My priorities had been redefined. And so now I'm in a much happier place.
2: Oh, well that's awesome. Not that you had to go through the pain, but that you're in a much happier place right now. Yeah. And, and so, um, cause like, and I I went through a similar journey as well where I was, I think it was in, yeah, it was like 2015. And I was missing the, the I was missing the school plays. I was missing the events. Like my daughter literally wouldn't even give me a hug when I came home one day because I was around for like 15 minutes a day when she was awake if that you know mm-hmm. and so yeah. I could I could totally relate and it it helped me kind of redefine what's important and change the way I was doing things and so like it was emotionally hard how was mm-hmm. it like I guess your are and your sister passed away and especially so I'm really sorry to hear that and, and so what was it like, um, like, I guess, what was the final step? Cause like that, that you're like, no more, like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. Like, I, I just need to go in a different direction with my life. Cause I think a lot of people really need to hear this, especially okay. with what's going on right now.
1: For me, it took a mental breakdown and going to a mental hospital. That's what it took. And what I would tell people is the penultimate step before going to the Mental hospital was that I needed help, but I didn't know how to ask. And so I think there was a lot of I had a lot of pride in thinking I can just get through this on my own. I don't need help. But after my sister Melissa passed away, I became very suicidal. I became very depressed. I was just working, 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 focusing on that because I think with work I can control that. And it's like this addiction that I had to work because it was self fulfilling. Because for me at the time, success was like. How many posts? Um, how many? How many posts got over fifty thousand views? Or how many, you know, people liked this? Or how many people viewed that? And it was that was how success was defined. And now success for me is being happy. So you know, changing your your methodology around that, and then also realizing that you need help. Looking back, I wish I'd asked for help sooner because it, going to a mental hospital was quite traumatic.
2: Yeah. No, I can imagine. I mean. <clears throat> and it's like, I, I think a lot of people struggle with that, you know, especially type a high performing. Uh, I'm just going to plow through. I'm just going to power through. Mm-hmm. I can need less. I don't need as much sleep. Yeah. I've been there before, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, I'll just keep going. And, um, so like, what would you recommend is, uh, is advice for someone who's going through that right now where they think like, Hey, I, I need help. Like, What would you kind of coach them on in terms of asking the best way or where to find that, like if they're struggling with something?
1: One thing that I would mention to people that are managing folks is, you know, check in on them and really check in on your people. Because what I learned from a co-founder of mine from Uncrushed, which is a nonprofit on mental health that I co-founded a couple of years ago, is you need to ask the question, how are you twice? And the second time, you'll really understand how they are. And so I do that with my team a lot because I want to make sure that everyone is doing well mentally because sales can be very taxing. And so I would ask yourself really, really internally check, how are you doing? Are you feeling, I know with COVID, a lot of us are cooped up. A lot of us have seen more depression across the nation, across the world, because we are cooped up. Type A people typically want to be around other people. We're all stuck at home. There's no travel. So if you are in that in that instance, you know, there's a lot of support out there. Uncrushed is a great place to start as well. But, um, you know, getting, telling people, for me, I have a board of directors essentially where they know if I text them a certain word, they know I'm not doing well and I need help. So, you know, getting your support system.
2: That's, well, cool. can you talk about Uncrushed a little bit more just so people have an understanding of what that is?
1: Yeah, so Uncrushed is a nonprofit that um, I helped co-found about three years ago. And what we do is we have a community where people can come together and share their stories on mental health. And so a lot for a lot of people, it's an outlet and a way to express themselves on what they have gone through. A lot of people share their stories. We share stories every week on people's personal stories that they want to share. Mm-hmm. And we also have a lot of resources on mental health as well.
2: Excellent. So yeah, we could, we could pop that in the, the show notes as well. So if anybody wants to check it out, they can do that. But I think that's an amazing resource and that's, that's awesome that you, that you wanted to pay it forward, you know, like, cause it's something that you struggle with. You're like, Hey, I want a resource for people. So I think that's awesome. So good for you.
1: Thank you.
2: Yeah, no problem. Um, and then, you know, something else that, that you talked on, uh, that, that I think a lot of people probably have their antennas up on, they have antennas or whatever the hell you want to say, <laughs> is, uh, so, um, you talked about the board of directors, like your own board of directors. So, so walk us through that. What exactly does that look like? How do you establish one?
1: Mm-hmm. What's
2: yeah, just, just walk through. It. I think that's intriguing.
1: Yeah. So for me, it's really, I have five people that are my board directors and, One of them I call when I'm a hot mess and need to be talked off the ledge. One of them I call when I need financial advice on something um, big. One of them I call when I'm in a mental health crisis. Another one I call as more like a career mentor. And then another one I call just for, you know, check-ins, you know, mentally, how am I doing mentally? And so Mm -hmm you know, identifying those people, maybe it's just three board of three people on the board of directors, but letting them know you are one of my core board of directors. I want to let you know that you've been promoted to my personal board of directors. So congratulations. And this is what this means. You know, um, I would like to maybe you have like a cadence that you check in with them often. But for me, my board directors are just available via text whenever I need them or call.
2: That's awesome. So how do you set that up? Like, how do you, how do you get that cooking? Cause that's what people are gonna be asking, like in their head, like that sounds awesome, but I wasn't, I wasn't giving Ted talks and I wasn't uh, shooting free throws with Shaq on stage. So like, how does, how does someone set that up?
1: Yeah. So go through your contacts and think, who is the person I want to call if I'm having a really bad day and need advice on how to feel better and think about your friends. Who do you typically text? Think about those people who do I typically text or call when I'm feeling this way. And then you identify, okay, who do I go to when I need financial advice? Who's my typical friend that I go to when I need financial advice? And then you decide, okay, well, maybe that's one of my board of directors as well. Then who do you go to when you are typically a hot mess over something and you're overreacting and you know, you're overreacting. <laughs> who is that person? And I have that person for me. So just go through and think who do you normally reach out to? And then, officially call it your board of directors and let them know you are part of my board of directors so they know, especially if you're going through a tough time that they can be there for you.
2: That's cool, I've never really heard it uh, called the, called that before. Uh, but I like the idea of like you assigning the label to it. Yeah. So then that probably I would think in, like is an honor to someone if, if you if you tell them. I mean, is that the response that they're yeah. like, oh, that's that's awesome.
1: It's very they're very happy to be on my board of directors.
2: Nice. Well who's the chairman then? Is there is there a chairman? Is there a chairman, chairwoman, or whatever? Or no? Are they all equal? All equal parts. They're all together.
1: equal. They're all okay. equal. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you're like, where the hell did that question come from? I'm sorry. I was just followed through. If you're
0: listening, uh, she's getting a little embarrassed. She got the, you know, she's, she's turned a little red, but that's my fault. We're good to go. So um <laughs> All right, so let's get on to uh
2: a little bit about social selling and and people are probably like, "Ryan, why the hell didn't you go deeper?" You had referred by was a a nugget that she had was the most open email like to start it off and I abandoned it, but that's okay cuz I wanted everybody to know more about you. So, okay. let's get back to that and so can can you give a little insight in terms of just what you're talking about with that and then like expand on that cuz you're the yeah. uh, the social selling insights that you have are are going to be amazing for everyone.
1: Yeah, so I read up and I go to a lot of webinars on what's working in the industry for email specifically, mm-hmm. as well as LinkedIn. And what I found is that SalesLoft did a ton of research on emails, like millions and millions and hundreds of millions of emails. And what they found is the highest response rate um, for, su- <clears throat> excuse me, a subject line is referred, contains the word referred. So if you think about it, You probably get emails all day. I get emails all day. But Mm -hmm. if I see an email with a subject line that has referred by somebody, I want to know first who that person is that referred me. And I want to know the context of the email because if it's referred by somebody that I think highly of, I want to know, right? I want to know what they have to say. So if you think about it, it makes sense.
2: Yeah, well, and I think it's set on because that's also, I don't know if you saw the stat. I think it's like now buyers are kicking off 76 or 80 percent of their buying processes with a referral Wow like and that was that was a ton of aggregate I can't remember the source so probably sounds like some stat yeah. I'm making up but it's true I swear to God it's true um, yeah. so so let's take it a couple steps further because I, I know there's a lot of other areas and there's a whole omni-channel approach or omnipresent approach whatever you want to state so what other pieces of uh, gold diamonds, platinum that you can share with everybody in terms of what you you got in relation to some of this. I think that's a great starting point.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that video prospecting is on the rise. I know that some people have tried it. And um, my biggest thing with that is making sure you're consistent on it and taking the, the buyer and the prospect through a journey. Having your video pop up in part of the cadence can humanize the entire approach for you prospecting and that seemed to work really well with my team as well. So video prospecting, definitely get out there and try it. Um, You know, It really allows you to bring in a prospect to your journey and make them feel like it's a humanized approach.
2: Yeah, and I know we talked about this in the the summit, we go deep on this, so I'm not gonna spoil it too much for the folks that are, are gonna sign up for that, but we go a little bit, so at what point in the process, you like leveraging video? And then walk us through some examples of, of, of content that, that you leverage for that.
1: Yeah, typically, you know, we've tested it out a couple different ways. Um, we're in the process of testing right now too. I'm always wanting to implement things to the team that are new and innovative. I don't like to have a stale cadence that we don't change up every so often. So right now, our video is actually the fourth email that we send. So um, it's a manual step in our cadence. And so email number one is manual because you wanna have your personalization. You wanna be able to personalize your subject line, personalize your intro, the 10, 80, 10 rule. 10% of it should be personalized. 80% of it can be your pitch. And then 10% of it you close off um, asking for time. And then email number two and three are automated. Mm-hmm. And then email number four is the video where you do the personalized video and you can hold up a piece of paper with their name. You can go like this and make a little GIF or JIF, whatever you say. And it really gets people to, and we changed the subject line to video. We have a video in the subject line. So vi- personalized video for Ryan. And then I know I got prospected last week by somebody who sent me a video and I took a meeting with her because it was really. Clever. Um, she watched my TEDx talk. She talked about it. It was really, really personal versus the 99 other emails I get that are not personal.
2: Yeah. So just as it is a quick recap, you're saying video on the first one or only the fourth one?
1: On the fourth one.
2: Okay. So is it call, what do you do, call email to start? Something call like email. that. Yep. And then email, email, video uh, with the, the 10, 90, 10 rule. <laughs> that's
0: an okay. 10,
2: 80 10 rule right mm-hmm. so um okay so yeah that's i mean that's that's great and i think that's awesome that the person referred about your ted talk mm-hmm. and um anything else unique that you think is a really strong play with video you know you got the visual the subject line the personal reference anything else that that you like or see working really well
1: Yeah, I mean, with one mob specifically, you can go in and change the banner. So the actual video has their name on the banner. So it says video for Ryan. So if I got an email with an image because it shows the image thumbnail before you click it. If I saw that that said to Lindsay, I would definitely click that and open and want to read it. So, um, yeah, that's another tip that I want to share.
2: And so I think that's awesome. And I like the idea of the thumbnail because it's up there. Does it automatically build the thumbnail? Is it It time to do that? Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. That's pretty cool. Um, So like, what are the results that you've seen from that?
1: A lot of times we're still, we're still working out the actual results of that. Um, And what we have seen is our click rates have gone up tremendously. Our click rates have gone up quite a bit and our reply rates we're still working on. Not everyone is, not everyone is in thrilled to do video. And so what I would tell those people that are just trying video for the first time, think about how much you have been on video since March 13th, at least for me. I'm on video literally all day during meetings. And so I would imagine if you're pretty scared to do a video, think about all the video experience you've had since March, since being at home, if you've been at home. Um, and it's not going to be as scary as before, most likely.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, I think that you're right. I mean, people are, and they don't even think about it. What would you say psychologically that folks need to do when it comes to video? Because I, I've seen that be a massive barrier to getting started, you know, just there. And I know you said, think about all the video you've been on, but that's not like out there. You right. know what I'm saying? Um, so what, how would you kind of approach that with someone who's struggling from an emotional level, confidence level trying to do to do that
1: practice 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 you are only going to get better with practice and a lot of times i know with one mob you can have your script uploaded into the video so it's like a teleprompter Mm -hmm. so think about that you're going to be able to not be alone necessarily you're going to have a script that you can follow along if you need to and then over time you won't need a script anymore because you're going to feel more fluid you're going to feel more at ease it's not going to be as, as scary as it once was. But the best way to do it is by practice. I mean, that's really the best offer I can give you.
2: Okay, excellent. Well, outside of that, are you using video throughout your sales process at all? Is there any ways that you're leveraging? Because a lot of folks are talking about the prospecting angle and, and the impact that you can have there. Are you leveraging that yet around middle funnel, closing, RFP responses, anything like that?
1: I have seen, so my, my visibility is really within the sales development team, but I have seen a lot of folks outside of the sales development team that are in the closer team, the territory manager team, what have you, if people have ghosted them, sending a video could get them re-energized, get them excited to talk to you. Um, So I have seen it played in that way. Okay.
2: Yeah, that's, what about on, um, let's, let's take it over. So you talked about one Bob, You talked about email. What about on on LinkedIn? What's your take on that for LinkedIn?
1: Yeah. I typically, when I, when I post videos and I have content within the video, I have seen much higher view rates and response rates to that when I post. So I'll see more comments, more likes, more views, but the content has to be there too. So just make sure you have really substantial content. I have seen images do well. But then I also have people in the industry that post just text and they perform well too. So I really think Mm -hmm. it's about getting their attention in the very first 10 seconds. And also caption on your video helps a lot as well. If you're uploading on LinkedIn, you wanna try to have caption with your video.
2: Oh, I thought you said passion at first.
1: Caption. And passion.
2: And passion, excitement. So let's talk about that, the first 10 seconds. How do you hit (laughs) someone, this is a bad analogy, I'm going I hit someone right between the eyes of the sledgehammer so that they that they actually have that pattern erupt and look at it how do you do that
1: it's got to be a hot topic right now you want to be on point with what the industry is talking about and you want to be on point with what your message is and so if you can try to capture the first 10 seconds so maybe it's a question it could be a question questions do really well questions mm-hmm. in your caption do really well if you are just doing a post on LinkedIn asking questions really helps as well. So getting their attention, talking about something bold, maybe something that no one's talked about before, something that, you know, September is mental health awareness month and so uh, my thing is why are we only talking about it in September? So I'll do posts on mental health in January because I want to do one in January cuz let's not let's not just do it to September, let's do it all year round, right?
2: Mhm. Okay. I love where you're going with that. So me give me some more examples like what else would be bold what else would uh would uh well let's say to you like any posts that come to mind that you're just like wow that's that's a lot and then you click through like i guess my my, is there like any underpinnings of like i don't want to say a framework because that sounds like very specific and not emotionally based but are are there any things that you think are good triggers to people wanting to learn more um, more specifically.
1: So I have seen this play out in a, in a positive way. And then I've seen the negative way. So let me tell you the negative way What I have seen people do is when you get somebody prospecting you and let's say they're prospecting me and they do a terrible job. Mm -hmm. I have seen some people take screenshots of their terrible prospecting job and put it on LinkedIn to get a rise out of people to say like, look how bad this, this is but I have seen it flipped in a positive light where somebody prospects me in a really good way. And I could post that on LinkedIn and say, you know, this is what I teach or this is what I propose. This is what I coach people to do and look at all these people that are doing it. So you can use it in a different way. So change it to a positive instead of a negative.
2: Uh, I see what you're saying. So you're saying take those uh, like the crap that you get. It's like the 25 to 30 like spam messages a day. And then say like, well, if they did this and this different, this would have been a great message. And it's like, yeah. but Lindsay, you marked up everything on, you crossed out the entire message. You just put it next to it. <laughs> so, yeah. um, no, I, I hear what you're saying. I've seen both ways. Yeah, you see the teardown and then you do see um, the more positive thing, things with that. Um, okay. Well, what, what are you seeing? Cause like literally, and I was, I didn't get a chance to read it yet. Um, but this, this hooked me this is an article. So I was seeing if, if you have anything, what about like forward pacing, right? Cause like LinkedIn, literally there was an article, literally it just came up and I was going to check it out. And it said, um, you know, the top biggest changes that LinkedIn just made that you need to know about, which is, I'm sure they probably use that article like five times this year, but just to hook yeah. me, but so is there anything that you see forward pacing coming down the pipe or like it's, it's, um changing or like how you see it kind of evolving over the next six to 12 months. And I got to quit asking three questions at a time. It's probably making You're
1: good. More. So I just, I just checked my phone today during lunch and I noticed that stories is now on LinkedIn. So doing stories is different. Um, I'm very used to stories on my own Instagram account. I do stories a lot. So I'm not too. Um, adverse to trying stories I put my first story out there today it was just a question engaging the audience Um, I see a lot of people doing the voicemails on LinkedIn where you can leave a voicemail on people's messages by you know doing the voice to the voice recording that seems to work well for some folks as well so those are the two hot ticket items right now I think
2: story I see I haven't done any of those yet hot off the presses everyone
1: Hot off the presses <laughs> the of today. So,
2: so what, Aaron? We won't, won't spend a lot of time this because I know we're almost stop But, but, you know, for stories, what you you want to put a story? Start doing it on LinkedIn. Top two or three things that you would do. You already tried it once. What would you say?
1: Humanize yourself. Be you. You know, don't have you don't have to be somebody behind a podium that's all put together. Just be you. People want to see real, authentic people, and so be you is one. Um, ask questions, engage your audience, ask them what they want to see. So for my first story, I asked my audience, what kind of content do you want me to put on my stories? And I'm, I'm waiting for responses to see what that is. But then also be frequent. You don't want to just post one story one month, right? You want to do, you know, frequency. Frequency pays off. Just like in a cadence that you would do in sales loft, you want to make sure you have a good cadence with your stories as well.
2: And what is a good cadence with that? Would you say i I mean
1: for my instagram page that i'm trying to get followers to i would say um you know probably once a day or so um so that you know that's kind of what i would do is once a day
2: and are you going to try and do that on linkedin too
1: we'll see i think so yeah i mean it's funny i just told you that you want to be authentic and i'm thinking about all the times where you know i don't have my hair and makeup put together and i don't have like i have yoga pants on but I think that's what people want to see. I mean, we're working from home and we don't have to be as put together at home sometimes, you know, filters do a lot on Zoom.
2: <laughs> well, I, I mean, in terms of the confession, I'm wearing yoga pants right now. So uh,
0: I'm
1: I uh,
2: <laughs> I'm just kidding on that.
0: But you are, <laughs> it's okay if you are. Um, all right, so now that we're going down this route,
2: we're about to wrap up. I think you did an amazing job. And where can people find more of you on LinkedIn or Instagram? You're trying to grow that.
1: Yeah. So our Instagram handle for Uncrushed is Uncrushed underscore org. So O-R-G. Um, and then for LinkedIn, just find me with LinkedIn, uh, Lindsay Boggs. I have a coffee cup next to my name as an emoji. Can't miss me.
2: Yeah. And, and so for Uncrushed as well, if uh, people are looking for help, just reach out on the website. Is that how it is as well?
1: Yeah, we have a contact form on our website. So you can definitely fill that out and get in touch with us.
2: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It was a pleasure as always talking to you, Lindsay, and thank you for all the knowledge and um, just authenticity that you shared today.
1: Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everyone.
0: Thank you for spending the time with me today. I know that time is one of the most valuable resources. So I truly honor and appreciate you coming along this journey with me. One of the things that I wanna ask you is if you really truly enjoyed this and know someone that this can make an impact on, please share this episode with them. If you're on a journey for financial and lifestyle freedom, it is always exponentially better if we're building a tribe with like-minded people who are on the same journey. In addition, I have an amazing PDF for you that could be career changing in terms of the content. Essentially what it is are the top 10 questions that every big customer is asking behind closed doors that no one is telling you about. I'll put a link for it in the show notes. So check it out. It's my free gift for you for being a part of this launch and being a part of this journey with me. And I hope to see you soon.